Welcome to the discussion, Government Modernization Unleashed, sponsored by EY. Here's today's moderator, Jason Miller. My guest today is Marcita Dill, the Deputy Chief Data Officer at the Federal Aviation Administration. Marcita, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, no problem, Jason. Today, we're talking about data. The FAA is awash in data. It comes from handling more than 45,000 flights a day. It comes from other sources like drones and unpiloted vehicles. And it comes from other areas like the National Airspace System. The administration, the FAA, predicts the number of passenger flights will increase by 4.7% annually over the next two decades. And that, with that comes all that data that you get to manage, that you get to uh, uh, try to deal with. I know you all have a clearinghouse for publicly available data. And I looked on data.gov this morning, over 3,600 data sets on data.gov. Uh, and that doesn't count all that internal data that I'm sure you collect and help manage and share with employees to help make decisions. So let's talk right there. Let's start with the data strategy. How are you dealing with all these challenges that comes with data? I mean, for us, data is an integral part to delivering on, on our mission. So, you know, our data strategy is rooted in ensuring that we're leveraging data you know, as an enterprise access that we're using it to drive insights, impact, and innovation. Um, and to do that, we have to align our people, our processes, and our tools to ensure that that data is discoverable, understandable, secure, and, and trustworthy. You hit a couple of really important things here. First of all, obviously, rooted in ensuring you're leveraging it to drive mission decisions, impact, insights, innovation. How are you going through that process today? What are some of those projects? Uh, everyone has a data lake or a data ocean. What are some of the things you're doing to, to drive those keywords you mentioned? So within the chief data office, we manage um, a couple of data platforms. So they're based in the cloud. Um, some are Oracle based, but the goal there is that we want to provide IT as a shared service. So we we've been focused on improving access to data by on onboarding those high value data assets onto the onto enterprise repositories so that when our analytical community has needs they can work closely with the CDO office to gain access to data and and where the benefits come is that if you when you mentioned at the the start of the the interview the number of data assets there that are available on fa.gov plus all our internal in, internal assets, it gives us an opportunity to deal with the data sharing part versus having the, the data stewards um, engage directly with a number of folks across the agency looking for access to data. So you can gain a lot of efficiencies that way. I could only imagine uh, if we talk about where the government has gone, both FAA and I think across a lot of agencies over the last three, five, seven years where you everything was the old silos, right? Well, yep. this program office had their data and that program office had their data. And, and sometimes they talked if the two people knew each other and became friends or 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 they didn't talk. Having that CDO position and, and that data strategy is really kind of changing the tone. How big of a change have you seen? Let's start there over the last few years about that data sharing instead of, again, I own the data, but I'm putting it in the central repository to create that enterprise view or, or sharing a capability. Yeah, so we, I mean, we have, um, we put a lot of emphasis on establishing data governance communities. So these are cross-organizational groups that are composed of 
not only data stewards, but data users. And we've been able to leverage those communities to have conversations around what data is being leveraged and ensuring that that data is cataloged so that more people can be aware of the data that's out there. Um, with our data governance center, we've been able to automate a lot of the uh, access to data assets. Um, so I mentioned before those efficiencies that are gained, you know, we can provide that service um, through our, our data governance center. Um, so, you know, I think overall the feedback that they're here that we're hearing is that access to data is definitely improving. And folks can now, you know, spend more of their time doing that integrated analysis where they're looking at, you know, multiple data sets, you know, providing that holistic picture on our aircraft or our facilities to be able to do that, that kind of analysis. I definitely want to talk about that analysis piece. I think that's the other leg in the stool when we talk about data. It's, it's the data itself. It's the tools and then obviously the people. One last thing around that uh, governance center, and you talked about improving sharing. How? What are those next steps when you look into 2024 and beyond? What are some of those areas that you are saying with the the, the folks in the CDO office? Hey, here's we here's where we want to go next. Here's how we can continue to make data sharing better, faster, cheaper. You, you pick the term. Um, I the term I've been using is operationalizing data governance. Um, like most agencies, um, you know, we've been undergoing an effort to continuously catalog assets. Um, and, you know, what we hope to do is to make that process more self-service. So, um, less, um, you know, lessening the process where, they have to directly engage with the individual or person to register the asset, but how can we leverage forms and automated processes to be able to basically mass register um, uh, data assets? And that's really talking about this idea that when uh, Airline X submits forms, somebody right now, they may submit them electronically, but they may, that somebody has to maybe look at them or even manually insert them in some way or look at that electronic form and then put them in the right spot. That's almost like add some automation, some orchestration. We talk all about that in cybersecurity, but that matters in data too. Is that the type of thing you're talking about or am I trying to overthink this? Um, well, think about it as data about the data. So um, your typical data catalog might can might will likely contain a description, the format of data, um, who's the data stored, how is the data stored. So those kinds of things, we want data stewards to be able to provide that information and for us to be able to automatically ingest that either through information that they're providing or our ability to connect to their database and to pull that information. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of more of the long lines of okay. you know, what we're thinking about. It sounds to me, and, and I know this term gets overused, the metadata, the you know, the kind of the taxonomy around what we're what the data that's coming in and, and make sure we understand it and folks can, okay, I need this type of data and here's the next level down. 
you mentioned uh, this other side of it, which is uh, the process, the, the analytic side, because because you know you mentioned the goal here is to make it more self service, so folks can uh, you know fo- kind of focus on doing the analysis, not trying to find the data. Let's talk a little bit about analysis. It's a big area. Uh, what are some of those tools that the FAA has today, and where do you hope they can go in the future? So we, I mean, we serve a number of data personas business analysts, data analysts, uh, data scientists, data engineers. So when we think about our, you got our, um, when we think about our ecosystem of tools, you know, we have to keep our users in mind. Um, So in addition to our our data platforms um, and our data governance center, we also have um, tools to support that data prep. So we have a number, for example, of Tableau users, it has its own prep tool. We're also um, leveraging Alterex, which can um, automate a lot of those functions and and has drag and drop capabilities. And and we also have a number of tools related to analysis and visualization. So Power BI, GIS tools. Um, And then you have that advanced analytics community who may be interested in more sophisticated tools or, or maybe doing um, using programming to do their data prep. So, you know, we have Jupyter Lab, we have Posit. Um, so, you know, as you can see, you know, we, we have a wide variety um, in terms of our audience. And so our challenge is to make sure that we're understanding the needs of our data community and we we look to provide those enterprise tools so that they can focus on the analysis and working with the data. You mentioned a lot of tools. There's also that feeling, oh my God, there's too many tools, right? Uh, is, is that a concern you have or do you feel like you're at a good point now where you have the right balance? I would say, um, I, I don't necessarily think about it from the perspective of too many tools. I mean, I think we want to make sure that the tools that we're acquiring serve a business need. Um, we we spend um, time to make sure that as we think about, we call them products. So our product roadmaps, um, we engage with our user community on the enhancements that we're making on tools that are needed and necessary, you know, for our workforce to, to make better use of the data. So um, I think as long as you're engaging with your workforce about what those needs are, you can acquire the tools that that serve a purpose. And, and that's where you want to be. Um, each of these tools have different capabilities, some of them overlapping, some of them don't. So although it may give the impression that, you know, there's a lot of tools in their portfolio, you know, they they each have a, a unique purpose and function. And our goal within IT is to help our users make informed decisions about the best tools to fit their needs. Mercedes, you mentioned a product roadmap. Um, I imagined that that is something that is on the, uh, is that something that FA has had for some time? Or is that something that's newer? This idea as the tools have emerged, have they've changed uh, do you have, okay, where are we today and then where do we want to go? Or is it more of a roadmap related to 
what's we'll use quotes approved for our environment or a little bit of both it's it's a little bit of both um our product roadmap is more focused on being able to communicate the changes that we see coming down the pipeline and how those changes translate into new data services and new tools for our users. Um, if you think about it, like a lot of agencies use an enterprise architecture that defines like your current and your future state. So our product roadmaps are, are very similar to, to, that, um, to that approach. And where we've seen that it adds a lot of value is it gives um, our users a chance to be able to see what's coming down the, the pipeline and to be able to, you know, react to that and to let us know, you know, you know, is our timing correctly? Um, if they have a need, you know, if we're going to deliver that in the first quarter of 2024 or the, the second quarter, you know, that does that align with their their project timelines and for and, and to allow us to sync those schedules up. You opened the door for uh, the product discussion a little bit. So we'll go there in a second to talk a little bit about emerging technologies and emerging needs, uh, maybe a little AI, a little ML. We're going to take a quick break. My guest today is Marcita Dill, the Deputy Chief Data Officer for the Federal Aviation Administration. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to the discussion Government Modernization Unleashed Data and AI, sponsored by EY on Federal News Network. Government agencies face pressure to modernize programs and optimize operations. With EY, you can unleash the power of progress and move from strategy to execution. We are at the forefront of shaping how the government responds to complex challenges, providing technology-enabled solutions to help you transform at the federal, state, and local levels. Together, we are building a stronger country for the people. Learn more at ey.com govmod. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion, Government Modernization Unleashed, Data and AI, sponsored by EY on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Marcita Dill, the Deputy Chief Data Officer for the Federal Aviation Administration. Now, Marcita, before break, we're talking a lot about some of your data strategy. We talked a little bit about predictive analytics and, and, and some of the uh, tools that you were using. When you talk about tools, we got to jump into that artificial intelligence, machine learning, there's a lot of these emerging technologies and tools that are people are getting very excited about when it comes to uh, managing data, using data. Where do you see uh, what's happening today with FAA and where do you see you all going in the near future around these emerging technologies? I mean, I think there's um, great opportunities both in the private and public sector when it comes to artificial intelligence, especially when you think about like access to big data. There's lots of opportunities to, you know, automate tasks related to, to data. Um, and it gives us a chance to really look at like some of the, the voids around just the, the prep aspect of it. How do we classify data? Um, how do we look for anomal anomalies? And with AI, you know, I think in machine learning and natural language processing, you know, it gives us more capabilities to um, get take full advantage of the data that we have access, even historical data. Um, and I think also, you know, when we think about our decision support tools, you know, how do we 
identify latent risk? Um, how do we make you know, recommendations based on data that's coming from multiple data sources? And um, ultimately, you know, we want to also think about ways to improve the way we engage in, in knowledge sharing. So we've seen a lot of applications in chatbots, for example, and that's one of the capabilities that we've taken advantage of. If you go to our community engagement site on fa.gov, um, we typically get 300 inquiries per month um, with individuals, you know, asking questions. And now through the use of a chatbot, um, we can turn those questions into an immediate response versus someone having to wait, let's say, 15 days um, to get a response back. Um, so I, I, th I think there's a lot of efficiencies and a lot of improvements to be made. And I think, you know, there's more to come in this area as we, you know, more to come in this area. Thanks for sharing the chatbot example. I think that's a common thing I'm hearing across a lot of agencies. It's kind of the dipping that toe into a kind of the advanced use of AI. Early use was something like robotics process automation, which was, you know, a lot of people say it's a dumb AI. Maybe that's not yes. fair to say. <laughs> and that, but chatbots get a little smarter. Uh, is that something that's probably done by the mission office, but is that something that your office played a role in? How did that come together? Uh, just generally speaking to to launch this because you know it's as we've seen over the past nothing's ever done kind of hopefully in a silo anymore yeah i mean we we work closely with our counterparts across the agency when they're deploying um applications like this um you mentioned you know rpa as an example we have a strong partnership with our rpa team and we recently um just ran a campaign that was focused on leveraging, you know, not only the tools that we offer within the chief data office, but also, you know, our RPA program office. And part of what we're, you know, what we accomplished with these campaigns is that people can have a broader view of, of the tools that are available as they're dealing with their unique challenges. Sometimes it's just a matter of, I don't know what I don't know. Oh, I didn't realize I could use RPA chatbot, you fill in the blank, to do this better and faster and easier. There's a concern that I've heard recently, and, and uh, you know, that kind of gets into the workforce conversation a little bit as well, because I think that's an important piece uh, when we talk about uh, AI and data. Are, is, do you get a sense that people are still uneasy with some of these tools and technologies that they'll take their job? Uh, I, I thought that we've gotten past that, but I heard just recently from uh, several feds that that's still a big concern they're hearing. I'm just wondering if you're hearing anything similar. Um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Like, I heard the same thing, you know, when we mentioned the use of data. And my response to that comment um, is always that we have a lot of um, great talent within the agency. and um, a case in point is the person that I was talking to, she's um, developed a lot of the HR reports for the team that I worked for. Um, we were had an effort underway around succession planning and ensuring that we had a, a, a talent pipeline. And 
you know, through that conversation with her, what I told her was that her, her, her contributions were not, are not around those reports and being able to put that data together for us every week. Her, her value was being able to help us, you know, understand um, the training that's needed, um, being able to, you know, focus on, you know, where we have high concentrations of, let's say, level three program managers, and we really need to focus on making sure that we have level ones and level twos kind of coming down the pipeline. So I, I think they'll always be those concerns, but um, I think there's a plethora of work to do around um, our mission. And the goal is to make sure that we're using our energy in areas where we can have the best value and making sure that we're, you know, we're not um, spending a lot of our time on those repetitive tasks that could, you know, benefit from automation, for example. That's like the golden cup, right? The idea that, oh, I don't have to do this repetitive, boring task anymore, but I also have to get my head around the fact that, oh, I can do other things, which actually is a great segue to the training conversation. You have all this data, you have all these great tools you mentioned. Doesn't matter if the, 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 those things don't matter if the workforce doesn't know how to use them, doesn't want to use them, is scared by them. So let's jump into the training conversation. How's the FAA kind of in your office addressing some of those big challenges around, hey, let's make sure the workforce is ready and empowered? So we we have a data dexterity program that we've been um, leading out of our CDO office. So I mentioned earlier our data science certificate program. We've also developed training roadmaps for data personas. So we have a training roadmap for a citizen data scientist. We have a training roadmap for data analyst. And the idea there is that we provide you know, uh, resources for individuals who, as part of their own, you know, professional goals, you know, want to upskill and want to take the time um, to gain new skills. Um, we we are also um, have a thriving user group around our products. So we have a Power BI user group, we have a Tableau user group, um, and they've built a community support system. So when individuals have challenges, um, we collaborate through teams so they can put a note in a chat and say, I'm trying to develop, you know, an app related to this, like, can someone help me or I'm building a report around this data, you know, who's done this before. So that's another way that we're, we're, we're approaching training. We also have doctor hours where you can bring your, your problems and have a um, experienced um, user, you know, provide advice as well. And then the the other project that I'm excited about is um, we're going to be standing up um, an advanced analytics center for enablement. So a lot of those advanced tools, when you were talking about AI and ML, we also want to build uh, a community around um, that use as well. So, like I said, we have something for for everybody, um, and our strategy is is multifaceted. I love the view of doctors' hours. You know what it takes me right to Peanuts and Lucy. The doctor <laughs> is in. 
hope they charge five cents for, uh, uh, you know, or, or maybe a cup of coffee or something because uh, inflation has hit up. Uh, Marcita, why don't you talk briefly about the Advanced Center for Analytics Enablement? Can you just talk a little bit more about what, what the vision is for that? Yeah, so we we used to have a business intelligence analytics community of practice. Um, that group was, it wasn't necessarily focused on use of a particular um, tool, but it was really around a community that was supporting our decision makers through um, reports, through other kind of products. And, you know, as that group kind of evolved, what we realized was, you know, we wanted to get our workforce also thinking about predictive and prescriptive analytics. So, um, you know, that C4E is the group that we're hoping to kind of help with building out not only that skill set, but also bringing more awareness to the projects that are going on around the agency so that we can help share examples of where it's working and where it's it's having an impact. Um, and we also see, you know, opportunities for that group to kind of spearhead um, some of the innovation challenges that we've had in the past where we invite, um, if you think about the show Shark Tank, where we invite employees to kind of share their ideas around innovative uses um, of data and for those ideas to have an audience and for us to be able to say, I think there's some merit here. Like, let's let let's give this team or this individual an opportunity to see, you know, to see what they can do through a, a proof of concept of that idea. And generally, are you hoping to stand this up uh, this year in 2024 or sooner than later? Is there any timeline you can share? Yeah, so we're definitely planning to um, kick it off again this year. We actually did some sessions last year around um, the C4E, you know, just to gauge the interest. Um, we hosted a two-part What is AI series, which um, was phenomenal because it, it gave us a chance to take a step back and really um, educate our workforce on just the fundamentals. Um, and I appreciated, you know, all of the questions that were coming in um, and I think we'll likely do a, a session similar to that um, this year. And and I, it, it, what it also reminded me of is we we oftentimes kind of can we oftentimes get caught up in kind of the latest and greatest technologies and applications. But um, I think what people really need is to understand like at the foundation of it, you know, what is it? What value can it bring so that it can allow them to make that translation between what they're doing today and what they might be doing tomorrow? Marcia, that's a great place to end. We have much more to talk about, but I love what you said. Understand that value, make the translation from today to tomorrow. I think that's really what we're all trying to do is help people understand a little more and uh, be better at their jobs. Unfortunately, though, we are out of time for today. Let me thank my guest, Marcita Dill, is the Deputy Chief Data Officer for the Federal Aviation Administration. Marcita, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. 
I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion Government Modernization Unleashed, Data and AI, sponsored by EY on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search EY. Thank you for listening to the discussion Government Modernization Unleashed, sponsored by EY on Federal News Network.